Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part presentation on the top five corporate scandals of 2018 on this special presentation on Across the Board, a podcast on corporate governance. I'm joined by Amy Bernard Vaughn, a well-known corporate governance. But first, have you ever considered starting a podcast? Have you ever wanted to put your voice out there? Well, if so, I'm always looking for new podcasts for the Compliance Podcast Network. If you're wondering how to get started on the production, please listen to our sponsor, One Stone Creative, on how to get going on a podcast. If you are enjoying this show, you might enjoy hosting your own. As an expert in your field, you have skills, knowledge, and insight that can help you expand your practice, meet new people, and create amazing content to share with the world. In as little as two hours a week, you can dramatically change how you promote, fill, and position your business, and One Stone Creative can show you how. Learn more at onestonecreative.net. In this special five-part podcast series, we take a look at the following scandals, CBS and Lus Moonvees, 1MDB and Goldman Sachs, Facebook and its continuing drip, drip, drip of customer information, Tesla and its Elon Musk problem, and we conclude with Nissan and Carlos Goshen. This special five-part series has been a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode with Amy Bernard Bond, where we are exploring our top five corporate scandals for 2018. Today, we take up Tesla and one of my favorite Wall Street Journal lines, what do you do with a problem named Elon? So, uh, Amy, uh, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, Amy, um, could you tell us um, <clears throat> the three reasons you think, or from your perspective, uh, Tesla should be on our top five list? Sure. All right. Well, my first one is just Elon. He's uh, a CEO celebrity. He's the most covered CEO around. So uh, the fact that he had some significant news this year is, is icing on the cake, but, uh, but he's, he's interesting to cover, he's most watched. Um, the second is, I would say, the uh, SEC settlement over his tweet, most expensive tweet, you know, I think $40 million, probably still the most expensive tweet on the platform. So that's worth covering and has some uh, interesting board governance implications from that settlement that I think will be interesting to compliance and ethics folks. And then third, just the company itself, you know, Tesla and, and all of Elon's companies are, um, are exciting. They are the, the new economy companies around transportation and trying to deal with uh, global warming and how we deal with an overpopulated planet. And so I think just the industry itself is, is exciting to watch and that makes it into the top five. So um, regarding the tweet, the $40 million tweet, uh, that was the tweet from July where he had indicated he had secured funding for a yep. share price of $420. Um, the, the thing that has always bothered me, frankly, Amy, is um, the reason for that tweet was the reason, a nefarious reason, that uh, he wanted to try to stick it to short sellers was the reason he wanted um, nefarious the other way that he wanted a bump in the stock price because he or someone he knew was getting ready to sell and he knew that that would do so, or was he trying to 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 
influence something else that we are not aware of at this point. Uh, and, and, or, I, I mean, I suppose charitably you could say he didn't realize what he was doing, but I, I find that difficult to believe. That's a great question, Tom. I, I can't look inside his soul, but <laughs> he is so mercurial that, um, you, you could look at it, um, and, and say, okay, yeah, he knew what he was doing. He's a really smart guy. Should, sh- sure should have known what he was doing. I don't dispute that. Um, but he has, he's always hated short sellers. At least there's a long history of him specifically, uh, calling short sellers jerks who want us to die. Um, you know, and, and he followed up the settlement with the SEC calling them, kind of snubbing his nose at the SEC after they gave him a pretty sweet deal, actually, and let him off, most people would say, fairly easy. Um, and he called it the Short Seller Enrichment Commission and congratulated the SEC for its new name. Um, you know, he's a very strong-willed guy. He likes to think of himself as maintaining his personality um, despite being the CEO of a publicly traded company, and he kind of flaunts that. And so to this day, I don't really know if he was trying to gain anything for anyone or not, or if he was just being uh, mercurial and, and and immature and not appreciating the harm that it would cause in the market. The um, Also in terms of the settlement with the SEC, Jay Clayton made a very interesting remark, which was, I believe, on one pat podcast, you and I actually speculated uh, as to whether he could be removed from uh, the board of directors and or uh, from sitting on uh, a public company, should the company go public. Um, but um, I guess it is public. Uh, I'm sorry. But okay. uh, Jake Clayton said that uh, it would be more negative to shareholders to remove Elon Musk than to enforce securities laws. And I found that um, almost troubling because I think in almost any company, uh, the founder CEO is perceived, at least by themselves, to be absolutely critical to the running of the company and probably to a large um, number of the shareholders and probably board members as well. Yeah, I think that the unique thing about Elon is he comes up with these ideas and pursues them and people have now, now trust him. And it, he is, his brain is a part of the, the uh, intellectual property of the company. It's the driving force for the innovation. I think that's the challenge, Tom. I don't think that's the case with a lot of other companies, but you know, with solar city and the boring company and, Tesla and SpaceX, Elon has a long track record of doing the impossible and getting shareholders and investors to go along with him for the ride because he's actually been able to do it. And so I, I actually can't disagree with the statement that, that people would walk if he weren't a part of the company. I think that the value of, of the company would be um, severely impacted. And you alluded to this uh, in point three that uh, it, Elon has a suite of companies, and each one is on a cutting edge of a different area: Solar City, um, Solar Energy, Tesla, yeah. electric cars, and SpaceX. 
flights to the moon, Mars, and perhaps beyond. Do we need to have those sorts of visionaries, um, even if they don't comp fully comply with uh, the mundanity of securities laws, so that can help drive innovation in our country? Well, we need them, but we need then if, if it's not their forte, and I think you and I covered this a bit um, in in the longer podcast we did about this, but the company needs stability, and it needs to be structured in a way that harnesses and enables Elon's tremendous innovation and to where it creates um, stability for the marketplace and compliance with, with our laws. And I think that's where the SEC settlement is fascinating in terms of their mandating that he step down as the chair of the board. And I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about the uh, person that's been appointed, Robin Denholm, who was just announced last November. She was the chair of Tesla's audit committee, one of two women on the Tesla board. She has a great track record. She's worked for Toyota, Sun Microsystems, Juniper Networks, and Telstra. And she's actually, one fascinating thing is she's actually going to be a full-time board chair, which is another reason why for governance experts, this is fascinating to watch. She will be actually stepping down from her. She had just been promoted um, from COO to CFO of her Telstra company, and she's going to be leaving that post and dedicate herself to Tesla full-time. I think that's a, a, a great development, and uh, I'm, uh, like you, cautiously optimistic that uh, perhaps from the corporate governance perspective, we can see some improvement. And, and if perhaps I could end on this note, um, we have seen, uh, I think, uh, uh, potentially Tesla's turned the corner in terms of its car production. And mm -hmm. if, yeah, if they yeah. can do that, uh, I think that will be, everyone will consider that a huge win and a huge step forward. Absolutely. So, uh, Amy, this has been a great exploration of Tesla. And uh, what do you do with a problem named Elon? One of my favorite Wall Street Journal lines. Um, I look forward to continuing the conversation uh, tomorrow where we conclude our five-part series looking at the corporate scandal around Nissan. Thank you again. Thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this special presentation of the top five corporate scandals from 2018 on Across the Board. We will look at another episode tomorrow, which I know you will enjoy. This presentation is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.